welcome to my breakout. We are talking about leading small groups um, for the teen girl, but I'm hoping that if you're not a teen girl break or small group leader, that this will apply hopefully to whatever it is that you are in charge of and whoever it is that you're investing in. So um, my name's Hillary Omert. I am a mom of three wonderful children. One of them sitting over there, this little nugget over here, she's eight months old. And then <laughs> I have two boys who are 13 months apart, Jackson and Landon. Um, they are a handful, and I love them. They keep my life very interesting. Um, I'm from Wadsworth, Ohio. Um, my husband is the youth pastor there. We've been there for about five years. And I'm also involved in girls' ministry in the Akron area. So I have a heart for teen girls, and it's just kind of my thing. Like, I love investing in our teen girls and our youth group, and we have, um, I help with girls only and friends um, as well at our church. So I'm kind of excited to kind of dive into all things small group, okay? Um, so today we're going to pretend... I think there's like 17 or something in here, I don't know, 15, that we are a rather large small group, okay? Um, that being said, I hang out with teenagers all the time. So I know you guys just kind of ate lunch, you might be a little sleepy, but I love dialogue, I love being able to talk and brainstorm things, um, because after all, we're here at Synergy and we're here to learn, right? And I can learn, and you guys can learn, and we can learn together, and you guys might have ideas that I don't know about, that I'd love to be able to share with everybody else. So, first off, we're going to talk about the purpose of small groups. Um, <laughs> leading a small group gives you the opportunity to invest and perhaps make an impact in a teen girl's life. I'm going to use the word teen girl quite often. You can block it out and fill in the blank of whatever it is that you, whoever you are working with. Um, that's huge because whether it's a teenager, whether it's an adult, life is hard, right, guys? Um, and life deals you with some things that just are not fun, and we're not meant to do them alone, right? So these small groups are a great way to invest in people and build community. And again, not meant to do it alone, so it's a perfect time to be able to just sit and talk and get real with teen girls, right? Mm -hmm. As we minister to these teen girls, we must create environments in which students can experience Christ in relationship with others. So what does that mean? Let's unpack that a little bit. If a girl walks in, she's never been to your church, okay? You don't really know her background, right? You don't know where she's from. You don't know if she's been raised in church. Sometimes, depending on where she comes from, she could have a completely different view of what you're about to preach on or what you're about to talk about in your small group, right? Are you going to be prepared for that? Hopefully, right? <laughs> I will give a little bit of an example of an instance where I learned a very hard way how I need to better prepare myself and navigate through a small group, okay? So there was a teenager, and she was raised in a very um, just old-school home. Nothing wrong with that, right? She believes that you shouldn't cut your hair, you shouldn't wear makeup, and she's just not into the whole, you know, staying up with the trends, whatever. Well, as you know, hanging out with teen girls, there's a lot of girls that are. So she had this very strong opinion, and that's okay. Um, but she made sure to make her opinion known. And in that moment, of course, those teen girls who are all like, I spent an hour and a half getting ready. 
uh, putting on my war paint. That's what my husband calls it. Um, and here you are telling me that's not okay. In that moment, I was kind of like, oh man, what do I say? How do I navigate this? How do I make them feel like neither side is wrong? Um, so being prepared for those tough conversations and, and knowing what your topic is tonight, but also knowing that that topic, knowing girls, man, we're all kinds of rabbit trails, right? We go everywhere with our conversation. We could start here and end way over there and never get back here, right? So <laughs> in that moment, I just had to take a, take a deep breath and be like, Lord, you better speak through me because it was getting heated. It was a conversation over makeup. You're teen girls. It's fine. Um, but being able to be prepared and create a safe environment is very key to the, the success of a small group. Um, relationships are the glue that holds small groups together. Again, creating an environment where people can deepen their relationship with one another is a big part of leading that small group. So um, we are going to start with an icebreaker. You guys okay with that? Yeah? Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So hopefully everybody will participate. Sometimes that happens, right? It's awkward because not everybody wants to be a part. But as a small group leader, I'm always going to encourage participation. But it's okay if for some reason they don't want to participate. I just want them to know they're loved at the end of this, right? So don't make them feel alienated. Don't. So if you don't want to participate, it's okay. I'm not going to alienate you today, okay? So this icebreaker involves your favorite color, your favorite food, and your most embarrassing story that you have come across in your lifetime, okay? Could have happened to you. I mean, you probably shouldn't talk about other people, so don't be telling anybody else's stories, but I'll start. In my small group, I always start because I want them to know that I will be open and honest, transparent, and real. That's what's going to happen today, okay? Are you guys ready for this? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> so my favorite color is green. Um, that's also my oldest son's favorite color. My favorite food is pasta. I love me some carbs. Um, preferably like lasagna because it's got all that good stuff in it. Um, and my most embarrassing story. Oh, man. This doesn't leave us room. That's the other thing I start with, okay? When you're in a small group, you want to create that safe environment. So I want to be able to have real conversations. And sometimes there are conversations that shouldn't leave that room, that shouldn't be, oh, so-and-so did this. I'm going to go around and tell my friends. You know, I always want to set the tone of, like, this is a safe place. I want you to come in, be real, be you, um, and be transparent. And if you don't set that boundary rule, you know, and it's not spoken, they may not feel as open to talk about things. Um, so yeah, so this story, doesn't leave this room. Uh, <laughs> when I met my husband, I didn't know the Lord. I was very far from where I should have been. And we were doing not so good things, going out, doing things that, you know, the Lord, you know, just, he worked on me, let's just say that, say that way. Um, I was getting out of my husband's truck after a long night of hanging out and being out at the bars of Rainbow Room, okay? I'm real, I'm transparent. And the Lord gave me a good testimony through it, okay? Um, and I thought I was awesome. I thought I was the bee's knees, like, I was cool, right? <laughs> and I decided I was going to run out of, get out of his truck and run up to my apartment to grab some clothes. And we were going to go out to dinner with some friends. And at Steak and Shake, not like it's fancy, it's okay. And so I was like, ooh, he's so cute. I was all nervous and stuff. And I get out of the truck and I got to run. Like I'm, you know, trying to hurry or whatever. And I didn't see a parking curb. 
And this parking curb, I hit full force. I had bags in my hands, so I couldn't catch myself. Mind you, this boy I thought was so cute. Hit that parking curb, went full force down, like I was sliding into first base. Man, I had scabs. I had, you know, it was a bloody mess. But I was praying. I was like, oh, goodness, please make sure that he didn't see that. But there was no way he didn't see it, okay? He, like, poked his head out of the truck. Are you okay? And I was like, yes. So I got up. I went upstairs, got changed. I didn't know how I was going to come back down and face this dude that I was, like, trying to impress. And anyways, very embarrassing moment. And so when I got back in that truck, he was like, you know, I really wanted to pretend that I didn't see that. Um, but it looked like it hurt really bad, so I had to make sure you're okay. I was like, oh, he's a good dude, right? <laughs> so there's my most embarrassing moment so far in my life, and I'm sure there will be many, many more. But I share that because, you know, hopefully girls, they'll get that feeling that they can open up a little bit and be more transparent if I can share my craziness. So, all right, icebreaker, who's going first? Yes, Christine. Favorite right. color? Red. Favorite food? And most embarrassing moment. Okay, my name's Christine, and my favorite color is red, and I like all food except kale. So I'm just going to say that's not my Nobody blames you for that one. Um, and so I, I was laughing. I'm like, there are so many embarrassing stories, but this one is particularly <laughs> embarrassing. So our pastor had called us up to the front, uh-huh. and I won't tell you where I go to church because yeah. you're going to go, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, it was the summer, so I had some, which I thought was appropriate, church wear. So it was like um, black uh, pedal pushers. I'm old, you know. Like yeah, like the priest. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, great. Thank yeah, you. Gotcha. She's uh, and she's thank like, you. I have no clue what you're talking about. You're all being honest right now. <laughs> and I thought, this time, so it was appropriate. Yeah. So I'm up at the altar, and we're worshiping, and I'm... I'm praying, and we get back to our seat, and my daughter goes, your pants are ripped. No. Oh, no! <laughs> oh. And I'm like, what? She was, I was going to say something this morning before we left. <laughs> <laughs> are you our services and I'm like, oh, oh no. dear Jesus, please, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, what kind of underwear do I have? <laughs> it was the entire pocket of the back was like, so it could have been up. Without a conversation. <laughs> it could have been up. And it could have been down and, you know. So we're just so praying the Lord have that down, right? Story, oh, so. That was a good one. That was a good one. And Thank they did you. not have an intervention for me. Oh, and I wasn't true. released from the church. So, <laughs> so it should, it was probably down, right? Pro- we're just going to go with yeah, that, right? Yeah, but the fact that my daughter knew it was ripped. Yeah. 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 Really no, you need to teach her right there. Yeah. Listen, yeah. girls need to be good girlfriends to their friends. Yeah. Like, if I have some teeth, you better tell me. Yeah. If I see, or, you better tell me. If my shirt's on inside out. Or that that's too. the joke, is they know it's inside out, and they'll go, <laughs> so nice of them. Anybody else? At least five times. Five? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Anybody else? Good story. I'll take another one. One more. Uh, favorite food, or you want me to skip to the story? <laughs> I mean, I value you. I want to know about your your favorite food and your favorite food. My favorite food is, oh, that's hard, chocolate. Chocolate? Um, my, my most embarrassing moment was uh, 
uh, involved poor Mandy and a microphone stand and a cello and I, we were trying to move some things across the stage at retreat and the stand fell over and I totally just left Mandy all by herself to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice of you. In front of people, right? In front of the entire retreat. Oh man, that's hard. That's hard. All right, so. Typically, teen girls, they'll talk all day about different things in their life. So, you know, you kind of got to know when to wrap it up. So we'll wrap this up a little bit. Um, next, we're going to talk about the assurance. So I was kind of talking to Angel, um, Pastor Angel, because I was like, what do you mean by assurance? Like, I just need to know your heart on this. And so she, her big push for this was these teen girls, whoever you're working with, they need to know that you're there regardless of anything that's going on in their life regardless of what they've done wrong in their life, regardless of something that they may say wrong, or um, that unconditionally you will love them through whatever it is that they're walking through. So these girls know, need to know that you're there for them. They need to know that there's consistency. So in our small group for teen girls, we have three women. That's it for our small group. Um, we all rotate on who's teaching, um, but they're always there. Even if they're not teaching, they're there. So they're consistent, right? But if somebody can't be there, the other two are there. So sometimes it's nice to have a partner in ministry doing these small groups with you. Um, so if for some reason you're not there, there's still a familiar face there. Um, that's big. Um, here's a story for you. I love stories. <laughs> um, my husband, like I said, is a youth leader or a youth pastor at our church. And we have some amazing youth leaders. We do. Um, but every now and again, you're going to have that one person who maybe isn't as committed. And let me tell you, those teenagers pick up on it. Um, we had a snow day, like we have a lot in Ohio. Um, but church was, we were trying to decide if we were going to cancel church. And so they actually put a poll out on Facebook. Will you come to church tonight if we have it? Yes or no? And let me tell you, these teenagers are actually all on social media, right? Maybe? No? Yes. All of them. They live on it. And so they were looking at who voted yes or no, these teenagers. And so can I tell you, over half my youth staff said that they didn't want to come to church. <laughs> Mind you, all of them could have different reasons. I'm tired. I don't feel good. That's fine. But what one girl saw, one girl who I just like, oh, she's so close. I almost have her buy-in. Like, oh, just the things that God could do in her life if she just stepped over that line, you know, um, texted me and said, man, I wish they wanted to be there as much as we did. Like, oh, man, okay, you know. So what are we going to communicate to our, our, our teen girls that we love them and that we want to be there for them and that unconditionally we will be there for them? And even if it's inconvenient, because, guys, we're grown. Like, life is tough. I have sick kids all the time. I feel like they're just gross and germy and they're always sick. Um, but making them a priority and letting them know that they're a priority is huge. Um, somebody once told me, you'll, I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. So if you're walking into a group of teenagers and you're trying to share the word with them, yet you're like, okay, I'm here for my hour and then peace out. Have a good life for the week, you know, and then I'll come back next week, you know. If they're feeling that and they don't feel that you love them and that you're sincere and that you care about them and that you're invested in them, they're not going to remember what you're talking about. They're not going to remember what you're saying. So 
making sure that you're doing life with them and making sure that they feel valued and loved is huge. So, assurance. We want to make sure they feel loved, right? Next, we're going to talk about the safety. I was like, what do you mean safety? Like, are we talking about, like, policies here? Like, you know, I was talking with Angel back and forth, and she's like, no, 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 no. The safety of having a small group and making sure it's a safe environment. So we kind of already touched on that a little bit, but like I said, we start every small group with a moment to remind them that this is a safe place. Nothing said or talked about leaves the room. The crash of a small group discussion can be super ugly, like I kind of alluded to earlier. Leaders often struggle with the unexpected because they don't anticipate difficult situations and are unsure how to respond when they arise. You need to prepare for certain surprises. So, I had um, a small group recently and we were talking about the hot topic of abortion. And so obviously it's been very prevalent in the news. It's a huge topic and it was honestly not even scheduled for our, our night to talk about, but it ended up happening and so we had the conversations. I had a teenage girl there who had only been coming for a couple weeks and she opened up to the group that she had had an abortion. And in my heart, I was like, oh, baby, you know, like, my heart broke for her. Um, but in that moment, there was judgment in some of the faces. And so as a small group leader, how do I navigate that? Um, in that moment, I jumped. I jumped right on it because I wasn't going to leave silence or room for any error in that moment. Um, I let her know that we love her and we value her and the mistakes that she's made in the past doesn't have to be the same thing that weighs on her for the rest of her life. Obviously, that's why we have Jesus. Um, but... In those moments, I was like, whew, I need to be prepared for this, right? <laughs> Thank goodness I was, because that could have been really bad. But there was definitely some, even just uncomfortable body language. Like, you know, <laughs> the faces of the girls were just like, are you serious? But she is a high school teenager, and this is real stuff that they're facing. It's heartbreaking. So the safety, making sure that they feel safe and that they won't be judged and they won't have that <coughs> condemning feeling when they leave the room because, um, you know, they're not coming back, right? All right, the creatives. This is kind of my favorite part. All of that leading up here is very important, um, very important, but the creatives is kind of my favorite part because I like to have fun. I like that the girls can have fun. I am not one to sit here and preach. That's my husband's job. So I'm the fun one that gets to do activities and all that jazz. So that's kind of what we do. <laughs> that's his strong suit. This is mine. Um, that's what I was like, Angel, why are you asking me to do this? I don't preach. Like, that's not my, it's not my gig. But I like to have fun, so we can have fun. Um, I want some dialogue here, okay? Because I think that, you know, it's important to know that every group is going to be different. Every, um, whether you're talking to boys or girls or young adults, or not young adults, <laughs> uh, whether you're talking to people who are seasoned Christians or baby Christians, a mix of the two, every group is going to be different. And every, um, just the way that your group responds and the things they enjoy. Some girls like crafty things. Some girls like to be up and moving and playing games. So um, being creative is, is huge in keeping their attention and um, having some buy-in into your, into your small group and making sure that they want to come back next week, right? Um, <coughs> so, 
No small group will look the same. I kind of, we kind of already talked about that. The dynamic is going to be different from group to group. So if you think about your church and the small groups that you lead, what are some of the things that you do in your small group that switches it up a little bit? So, for example, we do the, the girls' ministry, the national curriculum. And um, one of the things was healthy lifestyle. So I was like, ah, I do not want to talk to these girls about working out because I don't work out. Like, that is not my thing. Um, but I can cook. I love to cook. So we decided we were going to meal plan. So we did that. We made our grocery list the week before. So I went to the grocery, got all the stuff. All the girls came early. We all chopped up tomatoes. We made tacos from the meat, whatever, what have you. Set the table. Like, there was a whole lesson in this. Mind you, I still can't set the table right. My mom drives her nuts. I don't know where the fork goes or the spoon goes. It's just a mess. But um, On the table. It goes on the table, but I don't know which side, okay? <laughs> we use paper plates in my house, so it's not that serious. <laughs> but but in, the, in that moment, we were talking about... Um, counting calories instead of, girl, you need to go work out, you know. Um, we played games that night because we wanted to promote a healthy lifestyle. So a healthy lifestyle looks like, hey, we're up and moving. We're not just sitting on the couch eating potatoes. Chips, potato chips, not potatoes, gross. Uh, <laughs> sorry, potato chips, you know. Um, <laughs> so what kind of things, whether it's a book study, how do you switch it up in your small group? It's a question. Go. We made crafts for uh, the nursing home. Oh, that's and good. We went through their service, our service month. Okay. Public service. That's good. And actually, where she's concerned, there's a lot of the girls in our church, young boys even, that mm -hmm. enjoy doing crafts. Oh, yeah. And we have some teachers that will sit down and actually enjoy doing crafts with the children. Mm -hmm. But then you have teachers that don't want to do it for crafts. They just strict strictly for the curriculum. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. No, but not at all. You also have to add a lot of kids <clears throat> like me growing up. I did things visually. Uh-huh. I don't like to read. I still don't. I will read Same. I, will, I will read the word through my electronic device. Okay. To sit down and actually open a Bible and read it, I can't because it puts me to sleep. Yeah, okay. No offense to anyone. No, none at all. You're good. But it's a safe place. You can say what you need. But, you know, I mean, I didn't want to just read the Bible. I also wanted to interact and do crafts because yeah. the visual part of it was a learning experience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pastor Tom, oh, go ahead. No, go, no, go, go no, I was eavesdropping on your thing earlier because oh. I was out in the hallway with my baby, and he was. they were talking about how boys learn and how girls learn and how it's very different. And so my boys, they don't sit still ever. Yeah. And asking them to sit still, like you said earlier, is like, that's Torture. not happening. <laughs> not happening. And if you are, they're like ripping stuff up or picking their nose. I don't know. Everybody's gross. <laughs> that's when we create a God game. You know, at our church, mm -hmm. I do, that's my, or that, I do the curriculum and the, the activities. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do. You find a God game. And there's a lot of them out there. You just got to do the research. That's good. That keeps the boys and the little ones, or kids active. Yeah. And they're learning the Bible at the same time. Yeah, that's good. Did you have something else? Well, I was just going to say, sometimes uh, in those worlds when you're, when you're in small groups get too big, yes. like if it's an open invitation and the room's too big, one thing that we'll do to break that up, just to get some 
do it a little bit different. Right. Is um, we'll go big groups, small groups, kind of like churches. So we'll talk for about five minutes and then break them into smaller groups yeah. Yeah. and have them have discussions in much smaller circles. Mm -hmm. But then when we come back, we'll often have somebody share. Uh, what did you guys talk about? What did you guys talk about? So we still have yeah, some community. Yeah. And I usually tell some of the leaders of those spots even to pay attention to conversations mm -hmm. and make sure. So, like, instead of me just picking a student, I'll look at that leader and they'll go, so-and-so has something to say. Okay, so it's, so I don't want to embarrass somebody who may not want to share right. something they shared in that safe small group. That's good. So the leaders of those small, small groups mm -hmm. are looking for someone who may want to share publicly. Absolutely. But then again, that helps you to have real intimate conversations yes. when your crowd gets too big. So it's just Perfect. a lot idea. Yeah, yeah. Can I say something else? Absolutely. As as small groups are concerned. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some, sometimes when you're in a small group, and we don't do this often enough sometimes, mm -hmm. you'll actually be able to tell if a person is having problems, whatever kind of problem it is, because he or she is just kind of not connected to anything. And then you just want to know, what seems to be the problem? Mm -hmm. That's when you ask yourself, well, is it appropriate to actually find out right. or pursue this? But it's that safe place, because in my office, I have kids straggle in, you know, because they know Grandma Patty has a snap box. <laughs> but we have one in particular girl that has just went through um, Very sexual abuse. Oh, yeah. And she's 11, and, you know, she just, it was possible that she could have been pregnant. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And they just charged him and just arrested him. And sometimes she'll come in there and just want to talk, mm -hmm. but it's her safe place. Mm -hmm. That's good. And you just have to know the right words to say. Absolutely. And that's when you open your Bible and say, you know, this exactly is right. where you get it. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And uh, that, you know, you're right, the safe place. And I also wanted to touch on the fact that, you know, when you're in a small group, and you're talking to these girls, we're not just talking life, right? We're talking about life through scripture. We don't just want to tell them how to live their life without backing it with what the Lord says about it because it's not going to carry any value if we're just telling them how they should live their life or telling them what they need to do next or preaching at them, you know? Like, we need to support what we have to say with scripture. And so that was another thing that I put on my creative side of things just to make sure that we touched on that like it's good to have fun and games and I feel like a lot of relationships are built like that my husband plays football with the boys every Wednesday before service it's dangerous I can't tell you how many times I've been hit in the head with that stinking football but the relationships that are built from that are so powerful and close and you know we may have a new guy that walks in and it's awkward for him but when he's out there playing football with the guys, he's building relationships. So that opens the door for more conversations later when we're in our small group settings. So, so yeah, building that safe place, but making sure that God is very present in that safe place. And it's not just talking about life and people and things that they should be doing, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's centered around Christ. And obviously, it's the main focus. But anybody else have any creatives that they like to implement in their small group settings? We do service projects. Okay. Service projects? Yeah. 
So once a month we do something that it's an outreach type of thing. Oh, that's good. That's good. So many times we could be focused on what's going on in our small group and it can sometimes get a little clunky. It's really good to look outwards too. So we're not so inward focused. So what can we do as a group together that would bless the community or bless other people around us? And so that's huge. I love that. Service projects. Anybody else? Are you still on what do you do to work very Creative. Get input from your Yes. <laughs> Ask them. What do you like to do? Listen, if they don't like to cook, they're not going to want to cook. If they don't like to play games, they're not going to participate. They're not going to have that buy-in. Um, if they want to be crafty, I guarantee you they will take so much more from that message or that curriculum or that study for that night if they're sitting there doing crafts with their hands and, you know, um, participating in that. Like, that's huge. That's huge. So what do they want to do? That's good. That's good. You Anybody? don't want to give them too much leeway on that one, though, too, because otherwise it's going to be this. That's true. You know, with their phone, their yeah. electronics. Yeah. You have to kind of curve that leeway that you give them on their input. Yeah, I agree. I In our small group, we I've never been one that says, give me your phones. Never. Because that's a real quick way to be like, yeah. I want nothing to do with See you. Bye. <laughs> right? But I like to think that if I'm investing in them, if I'm doing everything that I can to draw their attention and to make them feel like they're loved, hopefully they value enough of what I'm yeah. saying that they're paying attention yep. to me and that they want to be there. And so, you know, there are some nights where I'm like, man, they're checked out. It's not going, you know, it's not going where I hoped it would. It's okay to switch it up in that moment and be like, okay, guys, what do you guys want to do? You want to go play a game? Let's do it. You know, it's not against the rules to just step away from that curriculum for a few minutes and talk life or do something different. Um, but that's a really good tell of like how you can tell when they're starting to check out. It's like, oh, they're on Facebook. Hopefully they're not posting anything about me. But. We do take their phones. Okay. But we use a drawing at the end for phones and okay. we hand away prizes. Oh, see? So at the beginning of the You're going to yeah. give me a prize. I might actually give you my phone. I'm not going to lie. Well, at <laughs> first, it, you know, it was difficult, but after two weeks, it was no big deal at all. They just right. knew the rule. Yeah. Well, the phone and, goes away. You know, there are, that works for somebody, though. That works for some groups. Like I said, the dynamic is different between every group from group to group. I know youth groups that do. They have these huge like you know the shoe things that you put your shoes on that hang they each have their own little pocket they put their phone in it before they and you know what if that works for your group great you know um then you know that you have their undivided attention they got nothing else going on you know um but like i said it works for some works for none anybody else creatives what do you do in your small groups that is a little bit different than than normal we try to get also different people involved in different things so we That's give good. them things to do whether they're a part of a worship team or yeah. whatever. So. That's great. That's great. We recently started, because we have our girls' night, which is our friends and girls only. So I come from the curriculum world of national curriculum. And can I just tell you, for girls' ministry curriculum, it is gold. It has so much jam-packed. But can I tell you that my husband also uses it for youth ministry? So he doesn't, doesn't necessarily talk about the girls' stories in there, but he absolutely uses that curriculum to preach on a Wednesday night. So it is very versatile. And we, man, I'm telling you, it's gold. So what I do for friends and girls only is we have girls night out. But my, my husband also is like, well, gender-specific ministry is important to us, so what are we going to do with these boys? So we don't necessarily have Royals Rangers at our, our church, but they have a guys night out. So what does that mean? We have somebody from the church who can 
can change a tire, or who can build something, who can do something that guys want to learn about. Um, that maybe some of these guys who don't have dads at home have never learned before either. So they come in on our girls and guys nights, they'll hang out with the guys, and they'll do their teaching, but obviously bring scripture and biblical teaching and everything into it. But we like to mix it up a little bit. So we use that curriculum that has so much meat and awesomeness in it, but just kind of spin it for our group and the way it works. So it's not just girls ministry girls only. It's all of our youth group girls come and hang out. And do we use badges and all that stuff? Absolutely. For those girls that want to use them, absolutely. If you're going to go all the way through to the end, we absolutely want to honor you in that. Um, but we definitely will make sure that those girls that only come every, every so often are feeling like they're a part too. Um, so yeah, that's huge. Getting other people involved to invest creates more community as well. Anybody else? We did that one year. I created it. We had mm -hmm. the, all the public servants come in. Yeah. Sheriff's Department, Police Department, Fire Department, Emergency Squad. And it brought a lot of light to a lot of kids because sometimes they don't learn that in the home. Mm -hmm. Parents are working. Both parents are working nowadays. Yeah. They're latchkey kids or, or latchkey kids or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, and that you do open up their minds to a lot of things when you do things like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, my girls... <laughs> Does anybody know Angel Frosty? There's a few of you. Our, our girls' ministry <laughs> director. She is a spicy woman. I love that woman. And I have the honor of working closely with her at our church. She's our, um, she is a pastor at our church. And so she loves to rap. And can I tell you, she is fantastic at it. I have never heard <laughs> a white woman rap so good in my life. So one after, or one, um, study we were studying scripture and they were wanting to memorize it and so angel was like girls we're gonna wrap this up so we did a rap battle so it's on video too um if anybody wants to see it after this i've got it uh, <laughs> but these girls were all in there's a beatboxer and then there was the rapper so there was a team of two and then the winner got a prize at the end um <laughs> but they had that scripture memorized let me tell you <laughs> and it was lots of laughs and giggles and laughs and giggles is the best kind of medicine for anything that's going on in life these girls when they have fun together they're growing together and so um it's 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 a powerful time um we've done vision boards pertaining to a topic so at teen girl this past year we did a breakout that was um vision boards and so what do you what dream has god placed in your heart and so we had piles and piles and piles of magazines that I collected from a local doctor's office uh, that they donated to us. And these girls went through all these magazines, clipped out different words, different sayings, beautiful, gorgeous, whatever, and they all put them on their vision board. What did they want um, to God to do in their lives when they grow up? So just little, like you said, being creative, um, different ideas for you guys to kind of incorporate in your small groups. The other thing I wanted to touch on was my husband's really, really good at this. And I hate when he does it, but I'm going to tell you guys about it because it's powerful. So what do you guys do when those small groups get awkward? People just aren't really opening up. They just don't want to talk. You're asking all the questions and nobody's responding. What do you guys do? Anybody got something for me? Because I'm sure you don't just sit there. 
Right? I'll wait for a while. Okay, yeah, so, that awkward silence. Yeah. My husband is the king of awkward silence. We'll be in life group, and these are grown adults who all have a story to tell. But for some reason, when you're asking the hard questions, there's crickets. <laughs> my husband will wait. It's like, Hillary, just be quiet because you can't be the only one that talks. But that awkward silence is powerful because even though it stirs and it makes a little bit uncomfortable, like, it gets people talking. And once teenage girls start talking, game over, okay? But how do you guys in your small groups overcome that awkward silence? Anybody? Aside from wait it out, allow it to be awkward. Like we did earlier, it was an icebreaker. A little bit, okay? Anybody else? Should I be awkward and be silent right now? <laughs> or is just nobody got any ideas and you're really tired? <laughs> we usually ask our key leaders what they think. That's good. Yes. Yeah. That's good. I'd say that also, it, it could be adult, but then also you normally have a handful of students or people in your small group that are usually your talkers. Yes. And you know you can meet on them in those moments. Yes. So that may be an opportunity. I've got a couple girls like that. <laughs> Tell me what you think. <laughs> you know I was a yeah, yeah, That's all right. Yeah, right. That's all right. <laughs> my story first. I want them to be able to know, know my goofy side and what, what I've been through in my life. You know, a lot of times we'll just take some time and talk about what's going on in life. And so if it's an awkward night and they're not really feeling it, like I said, switch it up. So one night it turned into a testimony night, what these girls are walking through. And can I tell you, two girls who were feeling super lonely, had no friends, but were walking through the exact same thing, you know, divorce in their households all of a sudden connected, and then you see this beautiful friendship come out of nowhere. So in those awkward moments, you know, amazing things can come if you just kind of, you know, step out of the box and be creative. All right. Anybody else? We've got like 10, 15-ish minutes left, and I'm supposed to leave the last 10, 15 minutes for questions. They may or may not pertain to this topic. It's totally okay, because we can talk about growth ministry if you want, but yes. Very different setting. Yes. Um, working with men. Yes. Older men. Yes. <laughs> the best situation with the older guys is we get together for breakfast. Yes. And you get men and food, and it's hard it's to get, easy to get <laughs> girls to talk. Thank hard you. to get men to talk. Because they're all eating. But over food, <laughs> they will. They will talk. That's awesome. That's so good. They will talk. See, we, tried, we tried that at our church, and it fell through because nobody wanted to have anything to do with it. Yeah, it, it's worked very well because, well, we did the, the food, we do the food, and then one of us won't do a devotional as such, but we'll introduce a topic that the men can get involved in mm -hmm. with some scripture along with it, and prime, pump, prime the pump, and get it going, and then discussion will go on for 45 minutes. That's for, awesome. The first, couple of men, the first couple of men's breakfasts that I went to, we did the breakfast. Yeah. It was always the same people cooking. You know, and then we would do some praise, a couple, three praise and worship songs, mm -hmm. and then we would have a word, a message. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you're preaching. Yeah, and this yeah. isn't preaching. I know, and that's that's yeah. where I so think. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I'm gonna say too. It's a small that. group. It's only it's only right. eight guys. So I, I feel like sometimes we try to make our small groups look like services when they should be. That's, right. that's what I'm getting right. right. They're small groups. Right. So. I don't think I've ever done worship as part of our small groups. That's what I, you know, that's or what I've been, you know, yeah. Yeah, for instance, one of the, recent, right yeah, on. one of the yeah. recent ones we did is 
I talked about Daniel in reference to the workplace and the things that he went through going from right. Jerusalem over to Babylon, yep. and then he was stuck in the middle, sometimes yep. in very difficult situations. Oh, that's great discussion. Yep. That's good. And prime yep. go from there. The other thing that has helped a lot, and I think this can apply to other age groups and settings yeah. too, what has brought the guys together the most, and it's a little different age group because I won't let some of the guys do this, <laughs> we spent a weekend on the Appalachian Trail. Oh, wow. Mm. And the guys that went on it, there's a relationship that they have yes. with one another that you don't form under any other situ yep. situation. You're on the trail all day, you're sitting by the campfire at night, you have a, a, an opportunity to get to know people yes. uh, at a different level. So those special things that you can do, if you can find a way to do it, absolutely, um, really cemented relationships. Listen. Oh. Well, I was going to say, that's a great creative thing that you it should is. have shared earlier. They're your creative Listen, stuff. Listen, right? well, yeah. yeah. I'm done. Yeah, bring it up. Not all slogans have to have a classroom. I'm talking about girls and boys. Yeah, boys. He's, he's sitting on gold over here. I know. Where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the stage's all used. Here's it. Yeah, so that's uh, great. That is great. But, Our women. One of the reasons that her. works is because I have almost, yeah, I have almost, I've been hiking for 30 years and have the equipment. Yeah, so everybody has to go out and get it, yes. and then being able to, you know, that's what makes it work. No, that's good. It's, it's something that you know how to do yes. safely. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. I'm not taking no girls hiking on the Appalachian Trail. No, I, that's not happening. I'll join you if no, you can. No, but you can take them to a weekend retreat. Yes, I yes. can. I took so, my granddaughter backpacking. See, perfect. But I'm not leading it because that is way out of my wheelhouse. It's <laughs> an Amish country one day. See, Amish part. country, yes. Our ladies group, we went laser tagging. And can I tell you, I have never heard so many women laugh in their high-pitched, giggly laugh than I ever heard. You know who beat me? Her name is Gloria Schilling, and she is 78 years old. She came in second. I was 28. Sorry, we don't talk about it. I was a little salty. But that's exactly right. And like I said, these topics, I'm talking about teen girls. It's girls' ministry. That's my wheelhouse. But you can apply it to whatever group that you are working with. And, you know, when in youth ministry, when we take our kids to camp, can I tell you, we come home with so many inside jokes. And these teenagers, they're so much closer after spending just a week together. Even teen girl conference. When I take these teenagers, oh, help me, <laughs> to teen girl conference, it's an amazing event. But when we get back to that hotel this year, we all sat on this pull-out couch. I don't know how it didn't break. There was 22 of us, and we put these face masks on, okay? We looked ridiculous. And we talked about the speaker that night and what we were going through in our lives. Those girls, I've never seen them closer. So it doesn't have to be a small group on Wednesday night or, um, you know, a small group, you know, girls' ministry meeting. Get out, go explore, do things together, and you can create a lot of camaraderie and inside jokes and fun um, between the people that you're working with, and that's so powerful. Yeah. We also, in our church, we have a walking group, and believe it or not, we have a lot of teenage kids that come. That's awesome. And that, that's really awesome. And I think it's powerful that you have different age groups mixing, too, because I know as a young girl, I had one woman that just invested in me over and over and over again. No matter how dumb I was, she didn't leave my side. And she invested in me, and she's, I'm still so close to her to this day. But the, the power that can come from 
somebody mentoring and pouring into the younger generation is just incredible. It's incredible. And good conversations, you know, we can learn on both ends too, you know. My teenagers, every Wednesday, I'm still, when we're in our small groups, learning things from them. Like, man, you can preach too, you know. <laughs> so, anybody else? Creative ideas. I think, I think we've covered a lot of really good stuff. I'm pretty impressed, guys. Um, thank you for helping me through this section. I appreciate it more than you know. Um, and like I said, I hang out with teenagers all day, so I like to be able to dialogue and have conversations and, and it not just be one-sided because, again, in a small group setting, just preaching at them isn't going to work, right? I mean, it may work, but not for everybody. So do you guys have any questions? I think we think of it in a different way. We look at it as Jesus said, go make disciples. Yeah. And so we don't look at it like we want to do something except make a disciple the way Jesus did. Right. And spend time with him. Spend time, yes. Have meals together. Right. Listen. Ask questions of each other. Yes. Challenging each other, too. Yeah. Well, yes. I think part of it is letting them see how we live our lives. Yes. You know, so that they can see that we're real. Yes. Um, my husband... Pastor Tom was actually my husband's youth pastor, and so my husband... Long time ago. Long uh, time ago. Galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard lots of stories, too, but this is a good one, okay? So, recently I've kind of, over the last four years, just transitioned into a new phase of life. When you're, when you're married and don't have kids, youth ministry is sometimes really easy. Um, you're available and you can go at the drop of a hat. Well... My first kid was born, and since then, it's just been a whirlwind. Um, he was born with medical issues. My second one was born with medical issues. This is the only healthy one we got so far. Um, but it made youth ministry kind of difficult. You're not able to just go, pick up and go and, you know, go to coffee or have a nail date or, you know, um, be at the altar because you have this baby that's, you know, attached to you 24-7. But he taught me, which is something that he actually learned from Mandy, um, that you're here to do life with them. The good, the bad, the ugly. So, I'm a mom. <laughs> I don't always get to shower every day. My hair looks a mess. I don't always have my makeup on. But it's okay, because these girls need to be able to see what real life looks like. Um, so, I may not get to go take them to coffee, but they can come over to my house, mm -hmm. and we can have coffee. I got a fancy new espresso machine. It works great. The girls love it. You know, we can do nails at my house. That's fine. It doesn't always have to involve going out and doing something spectacular because just spending time is so powerful. So even for the guys, you know, my husband, when he's not working because he works full-time at First Energy as an electrical engineer and he's part-time youth ministry. So he's very, very busy. And when he gets time, it's just, hey, come over and play video games with me. Hey, let's go play basketball. You know, it, a few guys at a time. It doesn't always have to be the whole group. So, you know, we take moments like that to just do life with them. And it, not, it doesn't have to be anything formal or fancy. And, and it can be one person. It can be four people, you know. Um, I had one time in my youth ministry years, and I will never do it again, I had a sleepover at my house. <laughs> never do it again. It was a brand new house, can Before I tell you? Before you had kids? Before I had kids. Um, Crystal, how many times have you plunged a toilet at an event? <laughs> At least once every day. Okay, so she does a lot of girls' ministry events, and she plunges a toilet almost every time. Because girls like toilet paper. Girls love toilet paper, okay, and they use far too much. <laughs> um, if you want to invest in anything, make it be toilet paper, because you're always going to, I know, I'm almost done, sister. Um, and this girl clogged my toilet upstairs. 
and it overflowed. And it overflowed through my ceiling and into my living room. Uh, so needless to say, we never had another sleepover at my house, but they do come over to my house still, and it's still a conversation we talk about every now and then, and it's a funny laugh. But, you know, just being able to, you know, spend time with them and invest in them and make them feel loved in a safe way, you know, we want people who don't know Jesus to be able to come into our group and know that they're loved and know that they can just talk about life in a safe way. And so whether it's teen girls, whether it's old guys, old guys. She looked at me when she said that. I did it. I did it. You did. I did it. She was not meaning you. I'm not you. Spring chicken over here. You're fine. She looked at you. Thank you. Senior saint. Senior saint. Listen. All right. I lost it. Okay. Doesn't matter who you are, what age group you're talking about. It doesn't matter who you're hanging with. If they feel loved, if they feel valued, they'll eventually open up and we can lead them to Christ. And that's what's important, right? Thank you so much for the fun. I love you guys. It was fun. My goodness. Can I pray for you guys real quick? Yes. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time. Lord, for the laughs, for the knowledge that we've taken from each other. Lord, I just pray that as we go back to our churches, as we go back to our small groups, that we can feel refreshed, that our eyes can be open to what you want us to do in those groups, Lord. Lord, I pray that our hearts will be softened and that we can see um, our students, our friends, the way you see them, Lord, so we can love them unconditionally. We can create that safe space, Lord, that, that you are for us. And Lord, I just pray that as they go through um, the rest of their stay, that you're with them, that you keep them safe, and that they have safe travels home. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Thanks, guys.